Hey, it is Bronze and Modern Gods. I'm John, and as always, that guy is always Richard. It's it's always me. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't want to be sorry about we love having you here. Hey, if you're not following us on Facebook and Instagram, blah, 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 right up above, blah, 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 like, subscribe. You know the deal. Just please help us out. Give us something here. Hey, today is one that you guys have asked for many times both in the comments of previous videos and over DM, lots of DMs on Instagram, and that is Pressing Modern Comics. You saw our episode about CPR, Crack, Press, and Resub, mostly about bronze and silver age comics, how to press them and get them looking nice and mwah. Well, now we're going to tell you how to do it with modern comics. We also have our underrated books of the week, some viewer mail, but let's get started, Richard. A big favorite of yours, the hot book of the week, is Darkhawk. Darkhawk, yes. <laughs> Who in the world could have imagined a universe where Darkhawk would be the talk of the town? Did you think this day would ever come? I'm waiting for the big Sleepwalker re revival or whatever. Oh, 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 it is coming. Sleepwalker is trending right now. I hate oh. to tell you. Dear Lord. Well, okay. Yeah. Dark Hawk number one. What started out as a jokey, you better stock up on this next hot 90s character meme, has really actually translated into some significant sales. Uh, we are here to warn you. <laughs> I, I don't think we're here to tell you to go grab uh, bucket loads of this book. But we're here to report. We report, you decide. I think somebody said that once. Going back to Comicron. Darkhawk number one had a print run of at least 209,000. Not a rare book. This is in 1991 where it's really a collector's uh, hobby. Not a lot of people are throwing these away or wrinkling them up and tossing them. So I would say a significant number of that 200 plus thousand uh, are surviving in pretty decent condition. The 90 day GPA average is $217, Richard. Oh, jeez. <laughs> With a sale, the last sale, $314 for a 9.8. And the reason I'm laughing, if anybody's been on the CGC forums or any of the real comic book forums, there are people with photographs of their desk covered in Darkhawk number one. It's just covered. It's 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 kind of an, a one-upmanship to show your larger Darkhawk one collection. And it's been a joke for years. And now it, the, the Dark Hawks are coming home to roost, I guess. Uh, there's been no real movie or TV announcement here that's been confirmed. It seems to be 100% pure speculation. Uh, and I don't know, Richard, it's almost like some people said, hey, let's mess with people and pick a random 90s direct book and hype it up and see what happens. And here we are. Here we are. My, my recommendation to any speculators, if you've got copies of this, I would try to start unloading them slowly because everybody else is going to be who as well. And you don't want to be caught into that uh, maelstrom of copies up on eBay. Uh, but if you've got some to sell, now's a good time to try. Um, Prices are going to be driven down, I bet, as the volume starts to increase. But uh, it's going to be an interesting show while, it's, while it lasts. I would love to see a new Warriors series on Hulu with <laughs> Speedball and Darkhawk and Night Thrasher, you know, but nobody said boo about this yet. So I know there's been some speculation that it's going to be a character in the upcoming Guardians of the Galaxy movie. I've heard like nine different things about Darkhawk. Who knows? But it's not a tough book, people. This is this is right up there with um, Spider-Man Unlimited number one. Don't do it. 
no, no, no. Don't go out and buy it if you don't already have it. If you already have it, try to sell it. <laughs> if you really just... want one, look around. Go to a, all. Go to every comic shop in your area and just go through the bins. You're gonna find one for five bucks. I guarantee you. Right. 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 This is this is kind of I think a sign of the times we're in. The apocalypse. <laughs> yeah, that too. Uh, the market is people are frustrated because they can't go out and and, and uh, everyone's stuck indoors, so they are spending their time doing things like this, buying and selling Darkhawk. Um, if this happened any other any other time, um, I would be totally surprised. Hey, in total transparency, I've got one. It's a nine point eight. I'm probably going to sell it. You know. Why not? Uh, the market bears what the market bears. So right. uh, I'm just yeah. saying, strike now while the iron's hot. Yeah. Uh, going on to our viewer mail. You've got mail. We have a few things this week. Our good buddy, Emerald Knight 041, who has been listening to us for a while now, obviously from his handle, I'm assuming he's a DC fan, had mm -hmm. a great reaction to our DC Spencer episode last week. Great show, guys. Nice to see some DC content for a change. Yeah, and thanks again, Evan, for showing up and giving us that back that backstory for DC stuff. People seem to really respond to Evan. Yeah. Uh, next one. Uh, this is from Dean TV. Uh, so you should definitely get a subscription to HBO Max. I love it. You might too. And Evan seems to uh, seems like a realist. I hope Disney buys them now. Uh, now for that Thunderbolts versus uh, SS Suicide Squad, yeah, yeah. Suicide Squad. That would be that would be awesome. I would love to see that kind of uh, movie. I'd love it too. And our good buddy, this guy Dan, said, "Great show, Evan was a fantastic guest." Agreed. Can I just spec this show? I feel like I'm in sort of early, and this thing's gonna blow up. Uh, best comic show on YouTube. Well, you know, great. Uh, I don't know if I want to be in a slab the rest of my life, but <laughs> sure. Uh, yeah, yeah. This, this, this is not a money maker. This is not <laughs> a money maker. And along those lines of giving good advice and making sure you get your books to their highest potential, that's the topic for today. You guys have asked for it. You've demanded it. It's how to press modern comics. Now, if you haven't seen our comic book pressing 101 episode, I recommend I recommend I recommend I recommend watching that first. We'll put a link in the description below or in our show notes if you're listening to us on a podcast platform. Now, there's a few differences when pressing modern books. Uh, for example, I don't recommend using humidity except in the most extreme cases where something's really bent. Because modern books respond really well to pressing in heat. You don't need a lot. Of either you don't need a lot of pressure you don't need a lot of heat and if there's one big difference about modern books you need to watch out for it's those digital code stickers richard because they're all inside and if you don't protect your book properly you can press an indentation from these stickers all into the other pages you don't want that to happen and i have to say the the paper quality for modern books is nowhere near the thickness that uh, silver or silver age or bronze age books, uh, they're, they're wafer thin. Yeah, and, uh, you can, as you've shown, you could pick a book off the new, off the the shelf and see the waviness in the cover because of the the cheap paper. Makes oh, we'll see more. that right now. Actually, we have a really good example with for you. But before we get into that, you don't like to press your own modern books. You're scared. Why? Talk to talk to me. Well, I I, I have my press set for what I do for my bronze books. 
Um, when I press modern books and I and I don't use the layering techniques that you're going to show, what you end up with is you press the paper together. The paper is a glossy paper instead of the newsprint that good old fashioned uh, bronze books are. And they'll fuse together with too much heat. And what you end up with is a coaster, basically. That's <laughs> the size of a comic book. And uh, the pages are brittle. It's it's a terrible thing. Well, maybe after you watch this, you'll feel a little better about it. So watch this, and I'm, I'm curious what you think. So let's roll that beautiful bean footage. So this is the Black Widow, Widow Sting number one, the Walmart variant. And as you can see, right out of the shrink wrap, the cover has a lot of rippling and wrinkling issues. I'm gonna to try to get a few shots here so you can see how bad it is. Uh, this is a, a side effect of just, you know, paper quality that Marvel's using lately and the printing process. The back cover's very much the same. See all the rippling? So if you send it to CGC like this, chances are you're not gonna get that 9.8. So we're gonna show you how to press this into a potential 9.8. So here's what you need to get started. First of all, you need your cotton gloves or even latex gloves as long as they are powder free. And you just don't wanna handle the book and get fingerprints all over it, especially these modern books. They tend to uh, get a little fingerprinty. So the first thing you need is your magazine size backing boards, cardstock, 65 pound is what's recommended. And for modern books, you also need 100 pound cardstock, a lot stiffer cardstock, and you'll see why in a second. So now you have your book, you wanna put a magazine backing board in the center fold, just like that. You don't wanna push it up underneath the staples and try to jam it in there, just rest it there, that protects the book from getting staple marks when you press it. Now you want to find the digital code inside the book. Here it is. So when you have your digital code, you want to take your 100 pound cardstock, the 100 pound, remember, the stiffer one, put one on one side and then another on the other side of the digital sticker. This prevents the book from getting an indention from the digital sticker when you press it. So now you need a couple of sheets of your 65 pound cardstock. Just get a couple of those like that. And these are gonna go on the inside back cover. Like that. And of course, the inside front cover. Like that. Okay. Now you're almost all set. The next thing you need to do is get your three magazine size backing boards for the bottom of your stack. One, two, three and then a sheet of your silicone release paper goes right on top of that. Your little modern book sandwich. Make sure nothing's been moved when you moved it there. All your cards are in place, your cardstock rather. Set that right there. Another sheet 
of your silicone release paper, and then three more magazine backing boards for the top. And as I show in my other pressing video, my little trick here is I do all this on top of a couple of paper towels because now that you're ready to take this to the press, all you have to do, so you don't struggle with it and try to get it off the table, is just pull the paper towel towards the edge of the table and grab your stack and you're all set. Okay, so now we've got our book all transferred over here to our press. I have a sealed compress 110S. So when you have this press, it takes a while to warm up. So you want to get it warmed up until that light goes off and it's at 155 degrees. You have it set at 155 for a modern book. So now that it's warmed up, you want to just press the modern book for one minute. And you don't want to use a lot of pressure. Just use the natural pressure like this. Don't clamp it down, there's no need. And we're going to let it sit here for one minute and let it do its work. Two hours later. All right, two hours later. We have our press warmed up again to 155. We're gonna put our gloves on to make sure we don't get any of those nasty chicken eating fingerprints all over our book. Yes, I just ate chicken. And we're going to take off our top backing board and silicone release paper stack. You can see we've already got some improvement here. We're gonna flip it over carefully to make sure that the papers don't move there like that. Put our silicone release paper back. Put our backing boards stack on top again and do the same thing. Hit this sucker down there, don't clamp it for 60 seconds. After 60 seconds, we leave it in the press for two hours to cool down. Why do you leave it in the press? Because if you take it out and it cools down too quickly, you kind of defeat the purpose. The book will flare up again, you'll see wrinkling again. The two hours to cool down lets it relax and lets the fibers settle to their new state. Two hours later. Okay, we've got our gloves back on. We've got our little sandwich back inside. So let's take a look at the results as we peel things back here. And you can really just see the improvement already. You take everything out carefully, very carefully. And we'll show where the digital code was. See how there's no indentation on this page here or on this side and the book looks great now as you can see the nice and flat the front cover and the back cover let's let it sit here for a second I don't see any waviness it looks really good sometimes it might take two or three presses you might have to give it another press but this one actually looks really good we got all that waviness out put it in a nice mylar and backing board and it's off to CGC. All right, so that's really it. If it seems a lot easier than pressing a bronze or a silver age book, 
It's because it is. I honestly feel more confident and that it's easier pressing a modern book than it is doing some bronze or silver. And uh, maybe you'll give it a shot and it can help you walk through it. Yeah, I've got a I've got a stack of books, um, modern books that I need to press before I submit because they're they're 9.8 candidates, but they've got those modern flaws that that we yep. were talk that you were talking about. So I need to press those out. Uh, I, I definitely are going to give it a try. There's a few little things I want to add uh, um, besides all the stuff I showed you. Some marvels from the early 2000s, around 2002, 2005, uh, they have these huge staples. For some reason, they changed the staples that they used, and they have these big prongs that stick way out into the book. Always take a look at the centerfold staples. If you've got these huge staples, you want to make sure that you use an additional 65-pound piece of cardstock along with your magazine backing board in there to give the staples a little more buffer there. And always remember with modern books, less is more, lower heat, 155 max, low pressure. I don't even clamp it down. I just rest it. Because like you said, if you use too high heat or too much pressure, you end up with a rectangle, a solid rectangle that fuses the pages together. I cannot say it enough. Captain Mike's book on pressing and the Facebook group for Captain Mike are where I shamelessly took all this from. I didn't invent this. These are time-tested techniques. Please buy Captain Mike's book. I'm not making any money off this. This is not a sponsored thing. Join his Facebook group. It's so informative. We're all part of it. Um, and we look all the time. You'll see all those links down in the description. No, you are the you are the you are the master I am the Padawan when it comes to this stuff. So I'm I'm just following you. <laughs> Sorry, I can't fit in the screen. My head's so big now. But I don't have a, you know, I'm usually the master of something else, and that is the clever segue. I don't have one this week, so it's time for the 25 year rule. <laughs> is that a clever segue about not having a clever segue? That is, that's a very meta segue about not having a segue. Yeah, I will let the viewer decide. Uh, a really Interesting book today for the 25-year rule. By the way, if you're new and you're wondering what the 25-year rule, I should remind everyone, it is that point in nostalgia when 25 years ago you realize that was the best time of your life, no matter where on the scale it was. And so we go back 25 years and we look at uh, notable books that came out 25 years ago in 1995. And this week, it's Spider-Man Comics number one. I didn't. I had never heard of this book until a couple days ago, Richard. Yeah, yeah. You showed me this, and I was I was perplexed by this. What did you this, find? This is a one shot that reprinted Spider Man Adventures number six, which was based on the animated series, and Spider Man number twenty six. Uh, it seems to be incredibly scarce. It's not even listed on comics.org. There's zero GPA data for this book. There is one copy on the CGC census that is a signature series, 9.0. Not sure who they got to sign it. And it appears to have been a newsstand-only experiment because all the Googling I've done, and I've done a lot of research on this, I only see newsstand UPCs when I see all the images. So maybe they just tried this to see, you know, if they could get some uh, younger children on the newsstand interested in this book, and they looked at the sales reports and based their decisions on that. There is currently a copy on Amazon, your favorite place, for $44. They don't grade it, so buyer beware. And there is a fine copy on mycomicshop.com for 60 bucks. 
There is also a CBCS 8.0 slab currently on eBay for $125. This just seems to be one of those books that, you know, it's one or two things. It's so scarce that people just don't know about it or people just don't give a crap. Right, right. Just because it's scarce doesn't mean it's valuable. It's just interesting that a Spider-Man number one from the 90s, even though it's an animated series title and it's for kids, just has zero traction anywhere. So if you're a Spider-Man fan, you're looking for something to brag about that your friends will never know existed, try to grab a copy of Spider-Man comics number one. I don't know where you're going to find one, but go <laughs> forth and search. Yeah, and if you have any more information on this book, please drop a comment. We'd love to know. Please do. All right, time for our underrated books of the week. Richard, in talking about Spider-Man, you've got something related. What is that? My pick this week is Spider-Gwen number 25, the second print. Uh, this is from 2018. I love this cover. I'm not a big fan of uh, homage covers for the most part. Uh, this cover features Spider-Gwen and Gwenob, the, the uh, venomed version of Spider-Gwen, let's say. Uh, and it's it's a, an homage to the, the, the 315 cover. Uh, this is Amazing Spider-Man 315. Uh, it is amazing. I love it. Uh, the artwork is done by Carrie uh, uh, Randolph. He hmm. has also done uh, some some art for the the Black series as well as Batman Black and White. Um, really really cool looking book. Uh, so you've got you got that classic pose with Spider Gwen slammed into the ground and and Gwenome standing on top of her. Um, really, really striking artwork. And I, like I said, it's, it's a really good looking cover. The first print for this book had a print run of about 72,000. I had looked through Comicron and I was unable to come up with any numbers for the second print run. So I, I really don't know how scarce this book is. There are copies available on eBay, not a lot of copies, but copies available. Um, CGC has a 9.8 for this book at 140 dollars um, and that, that's that's the gpa value for it the census only has 15 books total uh 11 books at 9.8 uh it's trending upwards on gpa and uh average raw sales are around 35 dollars now while i see this as a play coming up here in january the king of black um arc that's currently going on is going to feature a, a book called Gwenum versus Carnage, and it's going to be a, uh, a limited series, but it's going to feature Gwenum as a character. And, and, and I think just like I, I'm really strong on Gwenpool and Spider-Gwen and Gwen Stacy as a, a venue for different ideas that Marvel can can use in the future. This is a this is a great pickup uh, to me. It's, it's, it's her second appearance. Her first appearance was in Spider-Gwen number 24. Um, so it's it's an early appearance of her great cover and i don't think anyone else is really specking on this so you can get, get an opportunity to get on the ground floor of this gwenum yeah 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 uh, I, I say it gwenum <laughs> it's it's the character has a certain look that different artists are taking their interpretation of and it's also it's interesting to see that i've seen peach pomoko take her take her shot at this uh carrie has taken his shot on it um j scott campbell originated it it's it's an interesting look uh and it it really identifies the character 
but yeah, I'm I'm really really enjoying her story so far. So I'm really looking forward to that uh, King and Black storyline. Awesome. Well, I am uh, going into your area this week for my underrated book of the week. It is a turtles related book, and it is Fugitoid number one. Ah, there it is, Fugitoid number one. Fugitoid is by Eastman and Laird. It is about a fugitive robot or fugitive humanoid, a.k.a. a fugitoid. What's interesting about this book is that it came out between the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles number four and number five. And why it's key is that the story that begins in Fugitoid number one continues in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles number five. It's actually the first part of a two-part story. And more trivia about this book, it's the first Mirage Studios book with a color cover, okay? Uh, it's also one of those magazine-sized early Mirage Studio titles. And I just think people don't even know about this or they forget about it. It is an essential part of early Turtles lore. A GPA for a 9.8 right now is $464. There's only 25 9.8s on the census. And to me, it just seems like the, the definition of an underrated comic of the week. It's undervalued, and it's an overlooked early Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle key. I, I am totally surprised that this book doesn't have more traction. When I got back into the, the hobby and was looking at, at books that had value, Fugitoid was one of those books that I was completely surprised that didn't. Um, if if not mere what was the, going on with the turtles, but at least following along that same curve, this this book is just like you say is just underrated. And at some point, this turtle frenzy is going to catch up to these other early Mirage books, and you're going to see that four hundred and sixty four dollars seem like a, a a small amount. Yeah, from your lips, because I have one, so I'm good. Uh <laughs> me, yeah, me too. <laughs> the funny thing, I, the one I got, um, I bought from a gentleman who was buying a lot of other turtle books. Uh, hi, Craig, if you're out there. And uh, it was basically thrown in uh, because it really just does not have any intrinsic value or value comparable to the rest of the turtle stuff. It's along the lines of the other micro series for um, the turtles other than Raphael. Less Raphael, more Michelangelo and Donatello. Right, right. That same kind of uh, strata, you know, that's that stratus. I, I, seeing all of those books, anything that's Mirage Studio to me right now, I would not bet against. It's so funny you say that you had it thrown in with your other turtle purchases because that's exactly how I got mine. <laughs> I, I did. I bought a high grade run of like two, three, four, and five from someone. And he's like, Oh, I have Fugitoid too. Here, just throw that in there. And I'm like, Okay, don't mind if I do. Right. So, we'll see what happens. Hey, that's going to do it for us this week. Make sure you follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Make sure you like and subscribe. Do all that fun stuff, and we will catch you next time. Everyone stay safe.